Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. Tis the season. So we're going to be going through some of our Christmas treats of the year. We're going to talk about some of our weekend's football. We've got a couple of weeks worth of results league. Uh, maybe we've got some racism talk. And uh, anything else we can get up to. <laughs> Let's go. This pod. Yeah. Do you ever really get that with this iPhone? Honestly, the torch goes on all the time. Mark's got a nice iPhone 6 if you want to buy that. Every yeah. time. Oh, did you actually get one? Yeah. So, any listeners? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time I take this phone out of my pocket, the torch is on. The worst time is when you're on the train, though. Because when you take your phone out of your pocket and you don't realise for a moment the torch is on, people just think you're taking a picture of them. And obviously, that's really weird on a silent tube of brush hour. But anyway, right. yeah. we've digressed. Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, so, we've uh, watched a lot of football this weekend, I'm sure. Well, we worked sure? it out. We've watched, between <laughs> us, we've watched four games we can talk about, which were the important ones. Yeah, so good stuff. Be. Now, do you know actually where we want to start, I think, is uh, some of the new managers stuff. Is, is that is the season also for managerial change? So, what is the latest two we're talking about? Arteta to Arsenal. Yeah. Carlo Ancelotti to Everton, which was yeah. one of the first games. Yeah. And I think both are trying to resign as we speak after watching. It's, <laughs> it's probably so one though. of the worst games I've seen all it's, season. It's so weird though, because you kind of think on paper, those managers should be kind of switched around. Yeah. yeah. Like, Ar- Arteta's, I- Arteta's first club should have been Everton. Like, do you yeah. know what? I, like, I, what do you think about Arteta at Arsenal then? Well, anyone... Can you think anything? Yeah, that, well, the truth is no one knows. No like, he's, he's an unknown. It's quite good because... I like the fact they are now saying, okay, we're going to go with someone longer term. Like Ancelotti, you only bring in for a year and a half. Like Arteta, you say, okay, we're giving you your chance here. Build something. So it's the, the question is, is are Arsenal fans' patience, is there patience there to allow him to build something? If you watch Arsenal my, fan TV, they're definitely not. My, my, my view is they won't. The fans will turn on him yeah. before he's given a chance. The one thing I like, I mean, I don't know how true it is. Um, I don't know if you guys either read The Athletic. Uh, or start, cause it's actually quite good, some of the articles, because you get the proper journalists who know the club. I read about the first four lines. And then it asks <laughs> me to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I can send you some links if you want. Yeah, like please, screenshot just screenshot. But there was a really yeah. interesting one this uh, done yesterday. Um, not Henry Winter. I can't remember who it is. The guy who's, and it's not Ornstein, but Ornstein um, posted it on Twitter. And it was one of the guys who knows Arsenal very well, and he was he was talking about how um, what he really liked about Arteta was that Arteta interviewed Arsenal. Arsenal didn't interview Arteta, and they were saying about when he was obviously it's all coming out now. But apparently, when he was a player, he used to be like absolutely obsessive in the changing room at like stopping everyone, sitting them down, and going back through the tactics of the board and being like, "No, no, everyone needs to know." That. Apparently, he was absolutely obsessed, and even still at City, he was just like Guardiola, completely and utterly obsessed with the tactics of it and spend hours and hours and hours writing it all down and doing all the different drawings is that that's the only the only potential hope here is that if he's the one interviewing Arsenal and he's got that kind of character you never know he might actually come in and be be good enough Guardiola said that he was gutted to lose Arteta the problem is that it's 
all of that's all good and um, good and well and saying he's so meticulous and wants to go through this stuff and obsess. But the problem with a brand new manager is that they still haven't got refined their system and refined themselves as a yeah. as a practitioner. So he can come to Arsenal and have all these good ideas, but he's also going to have bad ideas. If we had him maybe, you know, five, ten years in the future where he's had a smaller club that he's managed, he's probably going to have a better idea of himself. Do you know what I mean? He's never been he's never been the head guy. He's never yeah. going to have that See, opportunity. I don't know, but I don't... You don't really get your chance once you go to a small club. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like managers get a chance all the no, time. All the big clubs get their managers from other big clubs. They don't. That's why there's like a. Yeah, manager. but they would have started somewhere. I mean, Emery yeah. got his chance. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, look at where Wenger for... came from. Wenger came from Grampus Eight in Japan. Yeah, but there's. I mean, there, there are outliers, but there's a reason why managers are generally much older than Arteta. It's because they've been at clubs. They've. They've done their time. They've 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 honed their craft, and they've gone to a bigger club. Yeah, they don't, argue, they don't start out like Pep is. A, Pep is an outlier. He, he but he was at Barcelona's youth academy and worked his way up through there. There's a lot. Look, just like there seems to be an abundance of youth players coming through, and all of a sudden you've got 18, 19 year olds in the first team everywhere. It's the same thing happening with managers. Look at Nagelsmann at uh, Red Bull Leipzig. He's thirty four. The guy's the guy's unbelievable. Like he's just a pure tactitioner, and everyone's now big talking fan. about him being the next yeah. big thing. And he's only 34. So Pochettino, look at, I mean, he's actually still really young. When he came into Southampton, he was relatively unknown. Yeah, but that's had, Southampton. Then he went to Spurs. He'd had a stint at, um, at Espanyol and then that was it. Yeah, but you just you just kind of proved my point. He started at Southampton and then went to a bigger club. I think he's the uh, the exception. Gerard went no. to Rangers. Arguably not such a big club. Well, that's but... the only way I see you going to a big club is by getting a failed... A, a sleeping giant like, like Arsenal, a, like what Rafa Benitez <laughs> tried with Newcastle, what like AC Milan now, like clubs that have their names bigger than they really are. But the reality is, if you get a mid-table Premier League team, you're not really going to get given a chance at a big team. They don't do it. Pochettino is the only one I can think of in the Premier League. Like Lampard's different because Lampard came in because Chelsea were on a transfer ban. They knew that no big manager would touch him. <clears throat> I, like next year, we'll see whether they're true. And give him a chance, but yeah, it's not. Unfortunately, with managers, once you're tainted as a mid-table manager, that's it. You 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 don't. Yeah, I go think up. Eddie Howe and Eddie Howe suffers from that. I think Sean Dyche definitely suffers from that. The thing with Arteta is, you, I mean, yeah, how, like how Eddie Howe, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't touch Eddie Howe near Arsenal at all. Not, yeah. not not in their not in their current form. I mean, Bournemouth haven't been a good team. Bournemouth have punched above their weight yeah. for, for the last six or six seven years. years. He's yeah. the longest standing manager in the Premier League. Anyway. But that's not saying much. You know, that but that's, but that, that, it's evidence that once you get tainted mid-table manager, you don't go up. Like Sometimes when you go abroad, you might get a chance in Italy or somewhere and then hopefully you come back. But reality well, is, that, is that just more like the Pardiola type thing? You know? Well, no, it's like... Maybe, yeah. Emery, like, Emery was a good... ended in Ellie. Yeah. And well, Emery got the chance at Arsenal because he was PSG manager. Yeah. Like, it's because... It's like, oh, he's, he's managed a big club. Turns out he was no good. It's like, but because he was at a big club, he gets a chance. So he... Because the pressures of a big club are different. Like, and as we, we're saying, the fans at Arsenal have <laughs> massively high expectations. You've got 60... Well... Maybe 50,000 like <laughs> 50, people a week turning up, just about, each week, expecting to win every week, expecting to see great football, because that's what they're used to, and that's part of being a big club. That's why Man United have struggled. That's why all these big teams are struggling. Uh, Chelsea, somehow, with Lampard, Chelsea have managed to just find a niche where, again, Lampard's not his first job. He went to Derby. He made some mistakes. They probably should have got out of well, the... We say um, with Lampard, playoffs. they just won their first game after losing four on the trot, so... 
I mean, four he's out of five, four yeah. out of five or whatever. So they're still six points clear. Yeah, of yeah. and they're still fourth. Yeah, they had a good start to the season. I'm just saying, it's not like a, a great revelation. But I, I, a lot of people were kicking off over the last few weeks about Chelsea. They've got such a young squad; they're going to lose games. It's that they're not expected. If they get top four, none of us put them in top four at the start of this year. If they get top four. I put Arsenal well. second. No, Chelsea. Yeah. Well, the jury's out on him for everyone because yeah. no one knows. It's the it's probably it's the biggest quickly, unknown. Yeah, it's, it's like how quickly the jury comes back in. It's that's what I want to say. You're an after <laughs> How much time are you going to give him? If it, if if at the end of this season you're finishing seventh or eighth still, look, I'm not I'm not the prototypical. That means they've gone up since he came. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, is that they're currently no, twelve. Dan, Dan, I'm not the prototypical Arsenal fan. You go to the stadium; they're unreasonable people. Like what they expect from their players and fa- and managers and stuff is a joke. I said with Unai Emery last year, um, with the ups and downs of last season, because he had good moments, he had bad moments. I was going to reserve judgment until he went through a transfer window. Arteta, look, we'll see if he can make a difference till the end of the season. Because now it's not even about results. It's about, all right, does the team have an identity? Does he have the players on side? Do they have the ability to win games and look good? Wherever we finish, you know, what we're hoping for, I don't really care. Then you want to kind of have, what, the idea that you're going to look better next season. Then you say, all right, now if we have uh, Arteta with a transfer window, I'd actually prefer him probably not to buy anyone in in the summer, unless it was some people, some young players he was looking to sort of put in the side next year. But it'd be almost pointless spending money in January right now. Yeah. So give him the rest of the season, see how it looks from a footballing standpoint, look at the transfer window, and then look into next season. And that's probably when I'll start making my, my thoughts and ideas about him. I, I, I don't, the thing is, you know, is, I don't know whether I should be excited or not. I have no idea. If he plays... The kind like a good style, like you said, if he plays a good style of football and coaches that team into a shape with an identity, I like you said, yeah. I think that's all you can hope for at this point. See, so I think I think the lack of excitement is that no matter how good he is, he's not a magician, and Arsenal yeah. just. They just don't seem I think to have it's going to be like, we're not going to make Champions League football, so he's terrible. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's not what we're looking for yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? And it's. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it is really sort of tough to put your finger on it. And then I think the problem is, what do we expect? Do you see him as a club legend? Fuck no, 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 no. I, I keep hearing it like no, this week. No, everyone no. talking about what an Arsenal legend, the captain, how much he loved the club. The I, only reason I'm pretty sure no. he only spent like two or three years there. The only he was reason there longer than you think. It's probably there as long as he was at Everton. Yeah, really? we no. picture him. Well, then, but the only reason the only reason Arsenal fans would say that about someone friend. is yeah. because. The only reason um, Arsenal fans would say that is because they have a real issue when there's players that they don't perceive to love the club, like Ozil and players of that nature. Do you know what I mean? Um, so if there's a if there's a player that slaps awesome. his chest and says, I love the club for him, they're like, oh, he's our man. Blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean anything. Francis Jeffers was a club man. Jenkinson was a club man. They loved the club. Do you know what I mean? True. So, what about Carlo Ancelotti? It's a weird one. It's weird for him. Oh, fuck it. I mean, if you're Everton, you've got to be licking your lips with that. I, admittedly, like they've you said, he's probably only there for a year or two. Well, Everton have money. been spending yeah. big in the last few years. Well, they've got... Um, they, is it Mishiri? They like Everton? The, yeah, they're, they're like the fifth biggest spenders. He's a billionaire. Like the, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the guy who owns Everton, he's got stupid amount. Well, that makes more sense then, because it, it is a bit of an odd one, but, you know... Look, how many clubs are there in England left to sort of manage and stuff? You just managers will get a job wherever. But yeah, you have to say if you, job. Look, if you look at Spurs and Everton, it's like Robert De Niro year. doing a bad movie. Spurs, yeah. you mean the Irishman? Yeah. Spurs, Spurs getting. I'm not watching a three-hour movie. 
Spurs getting Mourinho and Everton getting Ancelotti, even two years ago, maybe three years ago, someone had said to you, Mourinho would be going Spurs and Ancelotti would be going Everton. You wouldn't have thought Spurs and Everton were at that level. You're talking about a guy who's won three league titles and Champions Yeah, I think it says more about Mourinho and Ancelotti than it. Like, what well, does it? What does well, it though? Well, where are well, what are you saying then otherwise? What are you saying otherwise? That, to, they've got top level managers with well, real I, pedigree, with I experience in winning. Where, you don't get that at those kind well, of If I said five, six, seven, eight years ago, where's Everton, where's Tottenham? You'd say Tottenham probably fifth best team in the league, Everton maybe seventh, eighth. That's where they roughly are. <laughs> so, yeah, but and so they never would have got the top. Well, theoretically, some of the top managers in the world who get paid the most money, who have won the most trophies. I know. I'm not saying Mourinho is the best manager in the world now. I'm not saying the same about Ancelotti. He had a terrible time with Napoli, but the pedigree of them, they could have got bigger. Yeah, but is this like is this like Ibrahimovic going to LA Galaxy? Like these are these are top players past their past their prime top managers. I don't think a lot of big top clubs would touch Mourinho. Ancelotti has been everywhere. I think he's just out of choice. Like, maybe, maybe well, a big club Ancelotti he has won the, won the pre, uh, Premier League with Chelsea. I mean, the guy's got experience. Yeah, the guy's got so history. Mourinho, I think that's, that's a real coup <clears> for. Uh, I think Ancelotti was quite underrated what he did at Chelsea. But, Massively. But yeah, like this idea that Mourinho was turning down big clubs to get Tottenham is, I'm going to say, false. So Tottenham would have been the biggest club that came in for him. Like no one wants Mourinho because it's not how he comes in; it's how he leaves it. Maybe. So. I still, I still think the answer to your question though, Ancelotti to Everton, just feels like a really good fit for me. I mean, he's he's well, just he brings the he brings stability yeah. and See, he brings I, an, a level of intelligence and experience that that team need because they're so unorganized. They're such a mess. They need if you're going to spend a load players. of money, you need to build a proper team. But what Ancelotti, Sigurdsson, Richarlison are good players. Bernard's a good Luka player. Luka Dinho at left back. He's we a asked him five years ago. Is he like, nah, is come he... on. He's, he's not Ericsson, but he's like Ericsson Lai. He's a good player. Uh, he's also he's, about 32 now. He's not, he's not that He's old. not the player he once was. Like, this do, you know, is what, Xavier, this... do you know Alonso is 29 years old? No, he's not. They said that on the on Sky. Xavi Alonso? Not Xavi, sorry. Uh, Alonso for Chelsea. Oh, Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Jack Alonso, he's the one that retired like four years ago. He's <laughs> 29. He won the Champions League when he was 12. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, the thing with Ancelotti is he stabilises clubs that's already got a good team. Like, it's, it'll be interesting because like, when we talk about Everton, we talk about their best player being Richarlison. Like... We're not. Yeah, that's. I know he's not, not good enough. Yeah, we're not talking. Like when he's gone into Chelsea, he's taken over. You don't think Richarlison's good to be a top level player? I, I think he's like twenty one, you twenty two yeah, years I old. I still don't see it. I think he's he's a good player. I don't think he'll ever be a top top recognized. He's, he's you know what, not, I think he's, he's not going to play though. at the top level forever. He's not going to be one of really? those guys. Wow. I know he's Brazilian, but is he going to be Brazil's? Main guy, no. Oh, you're talking about he, like top echelon type. Yeah, I don't think that's he's, that's him. I don't think he's got that in him because he's, he's not as good enough a finisher. I don't think his movements quite there. Admittedly, he's young, and if he gets coached, maybe he could get better. But he's pacey-ish, but not like absolutely rapid. He's got a sort of some skills, and he's a decent player. Some skills. He scores some goals, but I don't know. You'd want more for fifty million quid at twenty-one years old. I think. Maybe I don't know. Leicester City almost had it. Against, what about a minute? Oh, against, against Man City. Is there, How good has Vardy's got? Is there anyone better in the world at what Vardy does than him? Just playing on the break. Getting into fights. Playing on the break, getting in behind the defence, just 
taking it, taking it past keeper or flicking it over or just finishing one on ones. Is there any striker in the world better than him? I don't think. Well, he did miss one, like two. Like, I know, but his finishing, after, his yeah. finishing but is finished, ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so good, and that finish was unbelievable. But that I think that that for me is a finish he does when he's just max confident. Yeah, like, like just he thinks he can score every opportunity he's got, which is good. And he's yeah, I mean, um, should he go to the Euros? <laughs> wow, well, I, I, the thing is, I, I think that there needs to be more challenge for Harry Kane. Uh, Harry Especially Kane is the Harry Kane, freaking woeful yeah. at the moment. He yeah. is looking terrible. Like he just looks like he doesn't want. To, I don't know if it's an effort thing or an ability thing, but I mean Vardy. How could you not put Vardy in? Especially well, I know he Harry chose not captain. To. Yeah, it's Vardy that chose it. Not to come out. Around. That's because he weren't getting picked. Yeah, because he knew he wouldn't get in over Kane, and he still won't. Because Kane's captain. Yeah. Now, I, I, when he retired, it was a sort of throwing his toys out the pram and I didn't blame him because Kane should have been subbed two or three times during that World Cup yeah and you were like, you're like Vardy watching Kane do nothing and you're like we, we need a goal like against Croatia we need a goal and you're like bring him on in did they bring him that, on in uh, extra Va- time did yeah. Vardy play well ever for England admittedly it didn't have a huge run but I yeah, don't remember ever getting what's our <laughs> no but base the style of, of the style of football Leicester is built around that style when they won the league they built it around Vardy and that style of with drink water playing it over the way they're playing now is exactly the same just got Madison and Telemans doing it instead I think they're taking the goal this weekend and running with it because this this season nah, look how many goals, goals he like scored like that he scored loads yeah, of goals but no, he's, he's got, he's got he's one when, when he's in, in behind the defenders and he runs by them and he scores Leicester City are on the break like on the break they're unbelievable that is their thing but the they're reason, it's not their right? thing as much this season like, I still think it is. The only reason as well, it's not even that they're so good on the break. Vardy is so tenacious as a runner, as a striker, that he just chases down everything that the defence can't rest. So eventually they keep doing that. It's not like they said, I don't know, it's just, is it a type of plane that's built around him? They just have to knock it up to him. Is he an all-time great yet? What's he going to have to do to be recognised as a oh, Premier League be. great? That, that whole Leicester team will be recognised Oh, we're going to do team of the decade. He's mine. <laughs> that's, that's the whole eleven, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Kante. Michael Drink water. Yeah. <laughs> Fuchs at <Yeah>. left back. <laughs> so. Danny Simpson, surely not. Yeah. Right, but um, I mean, Leicester probably. What did it? I don't know. Did they get not humbled, but brought down to earth a little bit? I mean, it is got, a weight at City. So, yeah. Got the, did you either you watch the game? No, I was watching the Liverpool game. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. The Man City game. Yeah. The one. Uh, like, I'm a big fan of De Bruyne, obviously. He's been pretty unbelievable. I think he's uh, above average. I think he's one of the best players in the world at the moment. He's unbelievable at what he does. Like he, Everyone was going on about Chilwell yesterday. And if you watch that game, you go, oh, Chilwell's terrible. He, he can't defend. He was he just wasn't great. torn apart. But he was torn apart because of the genius of De Bruyne. And it's only when, uh, the, reason, the reason is, it's only when you look, if you look at the average position of all the players on the pitch at the end of the game, De Bruyne, Marie and Mares are right next to each other. Well, I was just going to say, Mares looked like so he was ripping. Mares looked like he was ripping Chilwell apart because every single time Man City got the ball, if you watched where Mares and De Bruyne were, they were right next to each other. At every point, De Bruyne's checking out where Mares goes. If he goes there, he runs the other way. And every single time the ball came down the right of City, Chilwell's like stuck because he's got De Bruyne and Mares and he doesn't know which way to go. And every single time he goes to get De Bruyne and the ball goes around him. And then he's chasing Mares every single time. De Bruyne's movement was un- just unbelievable. He was absolutely amazing. Where, wherever you might put Kevin De Bruyne probably in world football against uh, Messi and Ronaldo's and that sort, I think De Bruyne for me is probably the most intelligent 
team football. Oh, do you know he, what I mean? Like, incredible. you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, he just sees everything. He knows where to go. He knows where all the players are around him, and he just has that ability to kind of like see what's going to go on next and put all of his. He makes his teammates better. The next time you watch a City game live, just take some time. Just wait, we, you went, we, we, I watched him. Yeah, we went last week. <laughs> did you watch the boy? Did you just what, I don't when think the balls, he played that game, did he? He did. He, what, got two balls. Balls. <laughs> he destroyed, he destroyed Arsenal. So, yeah. he absolutely destroyed was, Arsenal single handedly in that re- game. Well, it was really odd because Arsenal. I don't think it was a vintage uh, De Bruyne game, no, but it was like Man City had like three attacks. Yeah. and scored all three. It wasn't like next Arsenal game. Were getting next tempers. game you see on on TV and you're watching City, even when the ball's not with him, just watch De Bruyne. Just watch what he does. He has this little quarter of the pitch where he basically spends the entire time. Just in between the midfield and defence, and just in between basically the left back and the centre back, and he just wanders around that same square, and he, all he's doing is he's waiting to see where the where the play's being built up, and he's either off right, off left, or he's taking the ball. He's unbelievable, and he just stays in that little space, and all his crosses come from there, all his assists come from there. Yeah. He builds up play. It's, it's just. But well, that's why it's so what frustrating because it's like you see players, you see teams like Spurs, uh, Man United, Arsenal, and you see. Professional footballers who should just... I feel like it should be base-level knowledge that you try and find some space and you move. And it's like a lot of these midfielders just end up staying still. A lot of the strikers just stay still. All Kevin De Bruyne does, he's not sweating. He's not running his arse off. He's just backing off, getting into space, going in those little bits, those those uh, squares that you're talking about, and then just delivers it. His passing ability, obviously not everyone can do, but at least giving himself the time. He's given himself so much time playing like that. But because just... he's got the vision and because he can also make the pass, so he can yeah. see the pass and make it, yeah. that's what makes him so incredible because he can get in a position. Yeah. Uh, he, he's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And he is the reason Le- Leicester didn't win that game. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yes, Mahrez played well and looked great. And admittedly, he is great one-on-one, Mahrez. You can't stop him. Really. Yeah, when from the highlights, Mahrez looked the difference. But every single time, <laughs> Chilwell was on the back foot with Mahrez, chasing his tail because he'd just been ran loops by De Bruyne. That's why. Every time, if you watch that well, game I guess back, if you give De Bruyne credit for when Mahrez rips a defender, then he would be. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite sure I'm with you there because Mahrez was... <laughs> Was just gliding by uh, Chilwell because look how much space he had. He was getting one on one. So he, was, much space. he was standing him up one on one and just just yeah, gliding by him. Because every single time like Chilwell was a free kick and being like, yeah, but De Bruyne was in the box, so the keeper had to be. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was about going. it was about the position. Chilwell's not the greatest defender in the world anyway at the best of times, but positionally he was in the wrong position every single time. Like his. His body shape, his position, think... everything was wrong. So as soon as Mario starts coming at him, he's constantly running backwards in the wrong position. Yeah, in the but wrong it's, shape. it's very, it's very rare that we talk about Chilwell and talk about him defensively. He's he's talked about as one of the better fullbacks in the league. He's a good fullback. So... And Man City want to buy him. To be fair, there you go. And it's because got... of his assists, he, he is a very good. Yeah, but you never look at him and be like, oh, he's a dreadful defender. There are a lot of wingbacks and fullbacks who are terrible defenders but excellent probably more, defenders. M- probably more than most like you Wan-Bissaka know. admittedly had a little mare today but typically and, he, and to be fair he made still some good tackles today is a, is a better defender than an attacker there's not many wingbacks what? you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold Chilwell yeah. Pereira all of those guys they're very good going forwards Robertson they're not great defending they're okay they're yeah. not Ashley Cole they couldn't defend like he could when they're not asked to do that anymore so. well yeah that's the thing. So when Chilwell was Mark, yesterday, he struggled. What a bad uh, penalty for Wan-Bissaka to give away. I know. It's, I, I was saying it. It's, it's, it feels like it's been coming. The guy's default reaction is to always slide. So there was the game where he had Sterling in his pocket. Yeah. And you watch, and they show the highlights, and he does like three lunging tackles, wins the ball every single time. And you're like, 
it's all good, but it just takes one to to be slightly off, and it's like you just saw his default thing was to slide. There was one point during the game on we were counter attacking, and the ball was a little bit ahead of him, and he slide tackled into it, and then kicked the ball back to the Watford keeper, and I was like, it's like when you you push the wrong button on the controller, you're like, ah. Oh. I had possession. Why are you sliding? Yeah, I wanted to cross, not slide. <laughs> he's also twenty-one years old. You'd hope oh, with great. a bit of coaching, he'll be. He's going to be. No, nah, he is great. Right he now. just needs. You to... just said that was a bad point for with Charleston, his age. No, I was saying we can give him a chance because if he gets coaching, he could make it. With Bambasaka, he looks like he's got everything you'd need, other than a decent cross, which hopefully he can get better at. To be a Do you really know the only thing that's right working back? against him. Trent Alexander-Arnold better. Correct. Well, probably one of the best in the world. Right yeah. Trent, I mean... Yeah, he's not far behind him. Though. Like, he, no. he just needs to calm down a bit when defending. But, yeah, if England were, if England were under the cosh, I would put wan It'll probably be a situation where if you if you had a particular uh, left wing or something who's just exceptional, they'd be like, oh, for this game, for England, put him at right back because he's a better defender, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but, as long as we don't end up in that weird... Like Wayne Bridge, Ashley Cole era, where we end up playing two left backs to yeah. try and fit yeah, one them in. on the, one on the wing. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't think we no, with the amount of wingers we've got now. Yeah, Sancho and Rashford, and everyone wants to play on the left and cut in nowadays. So I don't think it's a problem anymore. That's how we fixed our not having any left-footed wingers solution. Just put right footers and they all cut in. We've got a new segment this week. It's called Oh Boy Football Italia. No, joking. Do you see, <laughs> you see those um, their uh, attempt at stamping out racism? Oh, I did. Yes, I did. Monkey see, monkey do. Oh God! Come on, man, Dan. That's the same. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, yeah. Did Did you actually read up about that? I didn't. Yeah. Well, what? it's a campaign they used before, so they used was their... that to stamp in racism. I think it was their their FA Cup final last year. They the artist had done it, and he was like, "I just reused it." He's an artist known for painting pictures of monkeys. Yeah. So the moment they asked him to do the anti-racism... They should have known what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <We've got laughs> they they tried to show the, throw the artist under the bus, didn't they? They tried to say it was all his fault. Like, this is what we asked that. for. Yeah. And he's going, well, hold on a minute. My entire life's work is all chimpanzees and monkeys. What, what did you expect you were going to get from me? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, but it was the same campaign they used in the final. So I think in the final they had it. But it was just like... They're just so ignorant, aren't they? They're just well, so the artists are like, I'm being paid. I'm not worrying about what they use it for. Like, yeah. yeah. It's... Well, this is, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because the game this afternoon they were talking about, the Chelsea, fan, Chelsea fans and Tottenham fans yelling at the players on the pitch about racism. It seems to have been like... I don't know if it's... Has it got worse or is it, or is it just more notes? Are they now just making a big deal no. out of it? No. It, I think it it's gotten got worse. worse. It has Do to you think? Because, Yeah, because they would show Monkey that. Monkey noises being chanted at players, if that's what happened today. That's not been a thing in the Premier League. No. I, well, maybe it has and they've just never flagged it because it's never been the thing. Sky have quite... had a hundred cameras, mics there since the mid-90s. Like, And there have been isolated <laughs> incidents and those ones have been recorded and been yeah. told about, you know. I think about Sterling last year with the Chelsea fans. Remember that? Yeah. When he went out, went to take a corner. He had was it last week. Was it Fred? Was uh, getting that at stuff thrown him at Man City. Um, I th- is it getting worse? Maybe. It's I think worse. it's. I do think. I'm not. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm trying to sort of take away what it actually is and it not being racist. It is racist. I do think it's kind of like a phase. I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but it's just it's it's fans trying their best to just be dickheads to players on the pitch. 
And then this is the hot button topic and they're just going to start yelling this shit out. It's stupid because it's almost like you're going to get a lifetime ban. It's almost like being a streaker. You're doing this and you're going to disrupt a game knowing that you're never going to be able to set foot in any football ground in, the, in, in at least England for the rest of your life. And you're, no, but... They uh, say that, but like no. going to the Arsenal game the other week, who would know? Like <clears throat> if I had a ban for life, I'm just using someone else. Yeah, I mean they call it. Yeah, but they technically. I mean, you do. I think when it's a ban for life, it's like, well, we'll ban this. No, no, yeah. Hang on, I've seen them on the posters. I put a picture of Mark in like a sombrero. It's like being walking in. Have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? He goes, "Let me in, you fucking." No, I don't know. I do think that it isn't a good thing to. Isn't a good look, especially when. I think there's a lot of instances in society when people are, might be overblowing racism in in this country, but at least they've got it recorded. Um, you know, fans doing it. I just, I don't know. I think the whole protocol thing is ridiculous. It's what's the point in three times in that second half them announcing to the stadium? It's don't forget that racism is not acceptable. The Please don't do be it. racist. What's that about? Well, the reason they do it, it is because it's meant. They do it that way because they one they haven't proved that there's racism. So they've just said, oh, we've heard something we think's racist. So they say, okay, the initial thing's to do an announcement and say, we're not going to check into whether it is or not because we don't, like, it's just been reported. We why, know are have, gonna, why are they going to lie about that? Football clubs lie all the time. Like, you know, they'll be 3 0 um, down. Really and Tottenham will be like, look at all these racist Chelsea fans. Mm. Call the game off. We're 3 0 down. Like and they, they, what they go, the referee goes to Manchester. Football is say, not known for its honesty. Do you want honesty? to call it off? Do you want <laughs> to call it off? You know, yeah, football's know. not known for its honesty. So yeah. they they have these protocols to be like, okay, if there's an incident, we'll get the announcement, and then that way, hopefully, it stops, and then they can look at it after the game and after the facts and say, was there people to ban for life? Was it was it true? Yes. And they'll no. get their highly <laughs> trained stewards to <laughs> cart these people out. Think about um, that England game in Bulgaria. That, they did the announcement. Those those weirdos walked out, but then the monkey charting carried on the in the second yeah. half. We all heard it, and he did nothing. But then that's because he never followed the procedure after that point. Yeah. Like he did step one, but never went to step two or whatever. So what if they did follow the procedure? They would have called the game off. So wow. that's kind of going against the point. But like with England being a hundred percent racist, which I saw on <laughs> Stormzy, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just What's that. I missed that. Uh, uh, he got that? misquoted by ITV. ITV said, News, yeah. Surely not a misquote. That never happens. Yeah, I get misquoted all the time. What was he misquoted as saying? Well, he was misquoted as saying a hundred percent of Britain is racist. That's a pretty big misquote. Well, he said well, he, he, actually, he was, was he actually, actually saying, saying? Brit- Britain's racist one hundred percent. The question was he was he was getting oh, he was getting questioned in this Italian uh, uh, news report or something. It said to him. Is uh, is there racism in? And he went one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and As then the IGN Stormzy says Britain is one hundred percent racist. Ah, <laughs> oh, dickheads! Um, hey, journalists. There you go. All right, in some lighter news, because it's Christmas, we've got some Christmas questions. Ah, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, is you guys. Santa Claus racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not the black one. Um, so. I've got a few Christmas-related questions. These guys were excited about it. They told me about this beforehand. They were like, Chris, you need to put some questions together 
So we were just we saying can... how good previous segments have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so well. So remember those first... old classics, old classics. like um, <laughs> favorite chocolate bars. <laughs> all talk, all sports. That worked well for a week. Yeah, there we go. So let's go. All right. Um, What's which... this segment called? Oh, it's called Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Not. Do you get it? No. That's why. There you go. So first question is, which pres- what present would you give to who? A footballer. Could be a footballer, could be a manager, could be a team. Can't be your auntie. I was going to say. All right. Yeah? Uh, which present would Can't I be give? my auntie. Yeah, who would you give? <laughs> you being a... You being a generous... You being a generous man, who would you give? What present would you give to someone? Around After today, it'd have to be some new goalkeeping gloves for David De Gea. He had a bit of a nightmare, didn't he? He did, he did. Um, do you know the thing that annoys me, though? Um, was uh, on Twitter earlier and I was looking. People, like, really ripping the piss out of De Gea, fair enough. But there's all these people going, oh, De Gea's so overrated, he's terrible... The guy's been the best keeper in the world for about six or seven years. Last week, I reckon he's... I still think that was a foul where uh, he, he came for the ball and dropped it and then they scored. Yeah. He's had a few nightmares this season, really. this year. No, it, the recency bias is unbelievable. Like, one thing last Dan, week... you just picked something from today. I, like, don't I talk to me about recency bias. About it, but the, the, um, the one thing from last week, which probably was a foul, and then this week, admittedly, was a terrible howler. But all of a sudden, he's the worst goalkeeper, can't catch, yeah. he's, he's completely overrated, all he can do is save with his feet. Oh, come on, the guy's been unbelievable for years. Anyway, just, but still, doesn't, ruins my joke, so I'm going to stick with uh, goalkeeping. Guys. There you go, wonderful. Mark, who would you give what? Just because you said goalkeeper. I might have to get some uh, glasses for... Gazanigas <laughs> after today's uh, I, th- I thought you were going to get them like a wrestling mask, you <laughs> yeah. know, like a... What, one of the, um, the Nietzsche, the Nietzsche Libre, Nietzsche Libre, Nietzsche Libre. Yeah. that would have been a good, good present for him. Yeah, oh, that kung fu kick. Like, it's like it, I don't know if you misread the bounce. That's or, just so funny. I don't, it look. I think it looks much worse. Than, he hasn't meant to do that. Obviously, you can see he's tried to kick the ball. But he was looking at Alonso, so he didn't quite commit. But he should have been in a better position just to handle the ball anyway. Oh, just, that was hilarious. I really yeah. enjoyed that a lot. Uh, stupid penalty to give away. Was that, yeah, which was the worst gaff of the day? Was it that or was it De Gea? Cause it has to be that one. I don't know. De no, De no, De Gea's, De Gea's was so oh, bad. They both resulted in the, goals. The ball was literally yeah. going to his hands and then he just did that and it hit him in the chest and went in. I mean, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Gazaniga's is one. If he saves the penalty, he gets away with it. But with De Gea's, there's no getting away with it. Yeah, true, true. Do you know what who, I'd get? Who would you, what would you get? I would get my lovely friend uh, Chris Wilde. Uh, Wilder, Pete Wilder. Yeah. yeah, he's a great friend of mine. Great friend. Uh, I'd get him a uh, uh, PR assistant because he uh, he probably needs to be blown up a little bit more. We're just talking about England uh, managers or just managing general mid-table teams. But what he's doing with Sheffield in the Premier League first season up, unbelievable. Yeah, needs needs more pub. So Guy's come on to win this. The league next year. Yeah, come on to this podcast. We'd uh, give you a good interview, chat about you. Some PR, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mark, who, who would you give a, a lump of coal to? A lump of coal? Yeah. Ooh. Should have thought about this. <laughs> Told you. Dan, who would you give a lump of coal to, as soon as you prepared? Uh, I'd give it to Mourinho. Jose, of course you would. That's an easy answer. Yeah, because I hate him. Ah, well. I'd give him a lump of coal because he still doesn't deserve anything after what he did to every club he's ever been at. Well, that's a bit... Especially Man United recently. That's a bit rough because, I mean, he's... 
had some good successes with but the, the clubs way, he's managed. Yeah, but the way he leaves, the, the situation he leaves clubs in. How is Porto the, the doing? The crap we had to watch of May night for a year and a half was just dire. They've never won the Champions League again. Shocked. <laughs> 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 And uh, he got he had to get a police escort away from the stadium. Did he? Yesterday. I didn't know. Well, they were yelling at him saying, we don't want you at a club anymore. And, and they were what? Really? I'll, yeah. I'll blame TalkSport for this because they're... What's the name of the Sky Sports presenter who has the gold tie on deadline day? Uh, oh, White. Jimmy White. Jimmy White. Jim White. Jim White. Jim White. I know him. He's my mate. Yeah. yeah. Jim White. Yeah. <clears throat> Jim White and that Simon Jordan have been on the attack of Arsenal fan TV for a while now. They had their interview with Robbie a couple of weeks ago. But it's like there's always been a, a bit of a dislike in Arsenal for Arsenal fan TV. But I think because Arsenal fans don't like anything related to the club. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, they love complaining. Oh. Every club does when their team's bad. Like, usually the manager gets like the stick. But because Arsenal's had Jumberg in charge, the fans need to vent their anger somewhere else. So Arsenal fan TV are, are at fault for the, the club's. Like demise, demise. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's Arsenal just fans. like Arsenal Twitter as well is just so horrible. They say they just hate Arsenal fan TV. They hate certain members of the club. They just yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I I get it because like what talks what we're saying is Arsenal fan TV does better when Arsenal do bad. Yeah, but Arsenal have just been doing bad for so long. It's like, well, is it causation, correlation? Mm-hmm. Like, Chicken last and egg. time Arsenal was good, Twitter weren't around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh my, yeah, it, no, it's true. But it is like, like when Arsenal were challenging for Premier League titles, there wasn't this like Twitter. So maybe, but yeah, it it, I sort of am leaning towards Talksport for for creating this boiling point. But Talksport. Well, Talksport attacked well, Arsenal. Well, they TV. had Robbie on, and now because uh, you've got Adrian Durham in his daily Arsenal every day. Yeah, but they've sort of attacked Arsenal fan TV, and then this weekend was the first time that, like, it sort of went over boiling point. And I'm like, a week after Talksport were attacking him, I'm like, yes. ah, yeah, I don't get Arsenal fans. Who are you giving but, your coal to? Well, my lump of coal's going to Granite Xhaka. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Arsenal fan. <laughs> he makes me sick. I can't stand him. No, well, no, only because. Not he copied Jacko, didn't he? Yeah, what, by Man City. walking off, slowly, walking off, yeah. kicking off. He did, but I mean, only because Granite Jacko did it first, and it was I was there live and watched it when he walked off to just a. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life, where he walked off and just a boo, and then oh my god, it was, was so surreal. Game, yeah, it was so bizarre. Game. It was weird. So bizarre, wasn't yeah. it? I don't know whether to be angry or 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 sad. For I would say he's upsetting. Just the whole thing, just yeah, for the fans, that. for him, for the team. It's just such a sad. But state of look, and I don't mind him walking off. But the, just I don't know. There was something about it which was just so. It was so disgusting. It was so weird. It was just um, a mix of emotions. But and and a lot of it was Unai Emery putting him in a position to fail. That was the most disturbing thing about it. But um, to do that and to walk off and 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 sort of disrespect the club like that, I don't know. You know, you, you have to be above it. You have to be above it. Just anyway, look at it. And I mean, Urzel could be lumped in there too. You know, two lumps of goals. I've got loads of them. I've got a barbecue round back. They can have it all. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. What's your last question? I've actually got two last questions, but the okay. third one is uh, best Christmas cracker. What was your best Christmas cracker of the year? So, what's your best goal this year, or at least the from best the season? Goal. Yeah, so far. This is why you need could to have prepare. been Lucas Moura's third goal against Ajax. Against Ajax, that made me jump off the sofa. Like genuinely, I was like, Shh. couldn't believe it. I, I shouted out loud when Man when uh, yeah. Company scored that goal at the end of last season against Leicester. I, I literally screamed out loud when uh, Amanda was like, "What just happened?" Like you don't even understand what just happened. It's unbelievable. Like that was a, they're about to give Liverpool the title, and then he went and did that. Incredible. There you go. Well, I, I mean, for me, the the I had that same reaction when um, Liverpool scored with uh, what's his name, Bash- Bashuai. That's so bad. Divock <laughs> <laughs> Stamp it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least he's Belgium. Divock one, but ben off the corner. One <laughs> <laughs> Bissaka's yeah. goal against no. Um Yeah, the, well, because I mean, the corner off of Trent Alexander-Arnold, that quick thinking. And it's so funny though, because I remember you talking, Mark, where everyone was like, oh, he's so young and he quit, it was such quick thinking, but... It's what they do at lower league football all the time, isn't it? Yeah, I guess they, you know, like, but to do it at that level, at that stage, that time, amazing. Just it was one of those goals I expected the ref to pull it up out, yeah. and say no, not I on the line. Ready. Yeah, I wasn't oh, ready. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that, that for me, I remember watching that. I was just imagine being a Liverpool fan in that moment. Oh, imagine, crazy. imagine. It's almost as good as winning any kind of Champions League, even though that is the pinnacle. Just having those moments and living if through that. If the final was a good final. It probably would have gone down as the greatest Champions League year. Oh, it was, Man United it was so versus PSG many good, was there ridiculous. so many good games. So many good games. Yeah, it was crazy. Maybe Champions League in general is our Christmas crackers. Maybe. Yeah. It was. It was. It, yeah. It was an all English final, so we watched it. But it was dire. It was like as soon as it that wasn't great. Handball was given. Um, the last question is, who would you put under the mistletoe? Ooh. Alex Morgan. <laughs> has to be in the Premier League choice um, I was going to say Eva, Eva Canero or whatever her name was the, the one who got the Arsenal left is it left back Van no. der Roon the yeah is that her name Van der Roon I have no idea the she's gorgeous yeah she's in Highbury she's a big poster in Highbury and isn't in the station um, she plays um, in the Premier League yeah. Oh, you're only talking about the men's Premier League. Yeah. I'm talking about the men's Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> which men's, men's, which men's, the, which the man prettiest is, yeah. man in the men's Premier League? Uh, Who did you like the most? I mean, you kind of gave yours away a little bit earlier with Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, well, to be to be fair, if if I was picking my favorite favorite player at the mo- for this year, it's probably been James Madison. Between him yeah, and John, actually, him and John McGinn are my two. Absolutely. I swear players. it's so weird though because you've got some weird obsessions. I, I don't know with, why. Oh, you're so lucky to be going to the. Him. Last week, Danny goes to us. Oh, I'm so jealous you guys are going to the Man City versus Arsenal game. I'd love to see Martinelli <laughs> and Foden in real life. Yeah, because <laughs> I've not seen them play. Before. <laughs> I was no, guess... looking forward to like De Bruyne and Lamiang. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, no. Foden <laughs> and Martinelli. There's so much hype about them. I've never seen them play live. You know how you know them. how you know how like most people get. Get certain biases towards football players because of fantasy football. Yours is purely fantasy uh, football index. Oh, 100%. Right? Purely it's football not, index. It's not even that. It's generally not even that. It's just 
Sweet when Danny was at the start of the season like I've not really seen him play he's rubbish Angel Gomez is a better player and I was just like McTominay has just I haven't even had to say a single word since he's, he's <laughs> like, been brilliant this season I'd give it to you he's been brilliant like because obviously we're re- rebuilding as well like part of me is like well Rashford could have been there He's he's come into form recently but yeah McTominay has stepped up I'm like we don't need a centre mid now like well we did I mean still didn't with Fred yeah sake. but even Fred I do think he, he was a little bit late on the bandwagon though because I remember seeing McTominay the next season thinking like oh, he, he looks well, a real good player th- I, there was a period where you knew he was good but he was being Mourinho's political pawn yeah for like transfers so when Mourinho gave him player of the season it was like he wasn't but you're doing it to like just make a point but yeah, yeah just like it weren't like you were denying how good he was. It was more you understood why he he was getting picked not through talent, but because Mourinho wanted to be like, look, I have to, I have to play this guy. You're not giving me money, so no. But this season he's just stepped up another level. Do you know who I'd put under my mistletoe? John Ludstrom, future England legend. He has been absolutely fantastic. I've had him in from day dot. For yeah. Everyone has. Yeah. No, no, no. He's got like 95% ownership. Yeah. yeah, now he does. But I had him in from... Yeah, I think everyone from week, had him. Week, from 4 million. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, No, no. Some people are late to it. Plus, but you know what? Not even that we've had him at... Four, like, he's just a 4 million player who's decent. He is getting points after points. He's he playing is as an attacking midfielder. Yeah, future England striker. In a team that is fifth in the league. Nice. I know yeah. it's quality. But also... Thank you, fantasy football. Yeah, also, my real one is uh, Leo Williamson for Arsenal. Decent. Okay. But I think we can all say it's an all talk FC under the mistletoe. It's got to be Kylie Jenner. Absolutely. Kylie Jenner. Yeah. And we know she listens. Follow back. So. <laughs> Please follow us back. They're giving you an interview. Shall I do my game? Do you know what? You should do your game. We're running out of time already. There you go. Um, so my We'd g- say this week in, week out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, no talking. Uh, my game this week is um, based on a, uh, loosely based on a Loose well women. known oh. daytime. Chris Show, uh, have you guys ever watched Tenable? Yes. With uh, Warwick Davis, the guy. The yeah. No, I, I've seen it. It's a good show. It's yeah. actually quite good. So it's not exactly the same, <clears throat> but I've taken the basis of it. Uh, I thought as we're coming to the end of the decade, I'd look at... I'd so what's about, Tenable then? What's the so I'll explain, I'll explain. I thought I'd, we'd celebrate the last 10 years of the last decade, uh, and I'd see how well, how much you remembered... How well you'd remembered what had happened over the last 10 years and where we were. So the idea of Tenable is actually quite simple. Um, Basically, what I've done is I've actually picked four different topics and I'm going to ask you guys to pick one at uh, a time because it's going to be easier that way. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Cheese and wine. I'm going to ask you a question and there's going to be 10 answers. I'm looking for 10 answers from you. You get a point for every answer, but if if you get one wrong then you only get one life. So if you get more than one wrong, you're out. Yeah, yeah. So you forfeit all the rest of the points. So you've got to keep going and try and get them right in a row. If you, do you, you get, bank the points? Or you, you can just bank going? the points or you can keep going. Exactly and if you get it right. wrong, you lose all your points. You lose all of the points. Okay. Does that make, Chris, are you listening? Because you're the only one that doesn't know the game. 
so you're going to... So I'm going to ask you a question based on the topic you've picked out of a selection. I'm looking for the top ten of those. And you're going to have one life, so you can get one wrong yeah, once. Yeah, I've got you. If you get it wrong more than once, you lose all your points. You, jeez. Or you can or bank Or you can bank them at any point and go, no, I'm happy with that. I'm going to stay And then the other person just goes then, by themselves. And then it's the next person's go. Right. And at the end, whoever's got the most points is the winner. Right, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was just watching the darts. Sorry. That's all yeah. right. So, um, just to set you guys up a little bit to remind you, at the start of this decade, Alex Ferguson's Man United were Premier League champions. We love these facts every time. Yeah. Avram Grand's Portsmouth were in the top flight. Frank Lampard was a Chelsea player. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. And the record transfer fee paid by a British club was £32 million for Robinho, who, which was Man City, and they'd just been taken over by the Abu Dhabi group. It seems like so earlier. much longer ago. So, um, to try and make this... Uh, I've got four different topics, so four different questions. You're going to have two each. Um, they are of varying difficulty. I'm not going to give any clues away. Uh, but there are four topics. Um, the topics are managers, scorers... Appearances, transfers. So I don't know if one of you wants to pick first or I can flip a coin, but you're going to pick one at a time. Two of them are easier than the other two. Let Mark go first. So oh. Mark, of managers, scorers, appearances and transfers, which topic would you like? I'll go... Either scorers or managers, which one? I'll go scorers. Chris, scorers is gone. <laughs> which one are you going to pick next? You've got managers, appearances or transfers? Uh, I'm going to go for appearances. Okay, and Mark, that leaves yeah, no, you I'll with go. managers or transfers. I'll go managers. And you've gone transfers. transfers. All right, you've got the two managers, <laughs> and you've got appearances and transfers, Chris. Cool. Uh, we're going to start with managers, so that's you, Mark. Uh, and the name, uh, the question is: name me the top ten Premier League managers of the last decade based on their points per game ratio. Points per game. Points per game. Wow. Okay. So to give you an idea, the Four highest the highest points per game is two point four. Obviously, three is the max because points per game. All right. Um. So, uh, I'm looking for ten answers. Okay. I'll start with Pep Guardiola. Do, 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 do. Correct. Top score. Pep Guardiola. <clears throat> one point. I'm going to start keeping a record. Yep. Next, I'll go with Alex Ferguson. That is correct. That is second. I will go with uh, Ancelotti. That is correct. He is one, two, three, four, five, sixth. I will go points per game. It's got to go Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp is fourth. Correct. I heard that in my head. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so we got Klopp. We've got then Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho just below Ancelotti <clears throat> in seventh. It's a lot. It's a lot harder when you can't see the, the little little board. Yeah. Of, uh... <clears throat> well, so far you've got first, second, fourth, sixth, and seventh. Do you know if it wasn't for this season? probably would have gone with Pellegrini but I'm like this season surely has knocked him down a bit um, how up to date are the stats this is as of Wednesday the 18th of December oh, okay I'll based go, on Opta stats I'll Which go year? Mancini Mancini is correct he was fifth just behind Klopp okay fat. so how many have I got you've got uh, six <clears throat> out of ten so far doing storming through alright um <clears throat> Who else have we had in charge of the big teams? 
So Chelsea have had Ant- oh Conte. You going for Conte? Yeah. In third place, Antonio Conte. Oh my god, this is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, so you've now got the top seven. Can you get eight, nine, and ten? Eight, nine, and ten. Okay. So win ratio. Yeah. So I'm. F- I'm caught. I know this one's probably going to be wrong. You've got a life. You can use it. You don't cost you anything. Yeah, but then, I, then I, I'm not going to gamble the next one. So I'll, I'll go through my thinking. I'm thinking Poch. Um, Chelsea have had... They had Mourinho. They had... How many get? Is it minimum number of games? Uh, nope. I'm going to go with Di Matteo. Incorrect. Yeah, Doesn't I make was the thinking list. that. Yeah. Doesn't make the list. Yeah, I wonder if they needed a number, set number of appointments. So what, so he used his life there? Yeah. You lose your life, so you, know, if I'm you now get one wrong, you're out. You, you lose, lose your points. points, or you can uh, bank I'm them. I'm going to bank it. I'll bank, bank it. Bank the points. Mark takes seven from the first round. <sighs> Shall we take a look at the three you've missed? Chris, have you got any ideas? Pochettino. Uh, Pochettino's up there. Incorrect. But no, uh, all right, but... Um, Surely not Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger was number eight. It's, um, it's, it can't be uh, Brendan Rodgers. It wasn't Brendan Rodgers. No! No. It's Claudio Ranieri. Nope. Oh. It was in, um, in ninth place. Wait, wait, wait. I'll get it. Yeah. It's really like a short spell. Well, in ninth place, you won't get this. It's Andre Villas-Boas, uh, okay. who had a win ratio of 1.8. And with exactly the same, in tenth place was Louis van Gaal. Van Gaal. Ah. But congratulations. Seven points is a strong That's not showing. Bad. Be a strong showing. Seeing as I don't know anything, you've, you've started <laughs> off well. Well, yeah, this is going to be tough, Chris. I'm going to be honest, you didn't pick the easiest ones, but whatever. Uh, we're going to go with appearances. Yes. So, what I'm looking for is I want you to name the top 10 players to have the most Premier League appearances between 2010 and 2020, in the last decade. Players to have the most Premier League appearances. Okay. So. I know who's got the most Premier League appearances of all time. I'm just wondering. <laughs> last ten years. Yeah, think <laughs> about players who have played in the last ten yeah. years regularly. Most games. Premier League appearances. So um, I'm going to go for. Not including this weekend because this was midweek. Yeah. I'm struggling already. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not easy. Um, <laughs> this is the hardest one, I think. I'm going to go for um, Sergio Aguero. I think I know who's number one. My out straight away. Sergio Aguero is incorrect. Jesus Christ. I think I know who's number one. I I think I'd get number one and yeah. it's pretty easy, but clearly Chris is struggling here. I'm struggling already. Number one. Is it a goalkeeper? Think of so think of players who have played oh. a lot of Premier League appearances. Goalkeepers are included yeah. in all positions. Uh in the last ten years. jeez. Oh, um Got me shook saying you you two would get the first one. Don't worry about that. There's, worry there's about nine that. others. I don't even know. Danny's looking at the answers. Of course, he's get the first one. <laughs> Danny's Mr. Hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go for. Jeez, uh, oh, I want to go for John John Terry. John Terry. When, last what? ten years. When did he retire? Like John Terry is not on the list. Oh my god! Gone this is impossible. Peter Chap. Petr Cech made oh, the list. Petr Cech was actually in eighth place. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney was not on the list. Well, this is crazy. Like, Vincent so sh- can I give you the list? So in number one spot. Wait, hold on. Can I say it's Gareth Barry? No. Wait, wait. Number one. Who would have been a regular? Jesus Christ. 
You can, and when I re- name them all, you're all yeah, going, we're yeah. going to know them. Of course. Yeah. David Luiz. No. So number one is Jordan Henderson with 306 games. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have got number one. Number two is James Milner with 305 yeah. games. Yeah, James Milner. That's the one you should get. Yeah. Ben Foster with 303. David Silva with 297. You've got David De Gea. You've got Carl Walker. I did say De Gea, didn't I? No, you didn't say him. <laughs> I had him Mark, in my head. Mark Noble, you Petr just Cech, wrong, <laughs> and Robert, Robert Shawcross oh. is the bottom answer. How is Robert Shawcross? Uh, 272 appearances. Oh my God. So that is a, a difficult that. round for Chris. <laughs> this game's terrible, man. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a good game. Uh, Mark, back to yours. So he Mark, would not, he, Mark would have got one in there. <laughs> Mark, yeah. you've got scorers. Yeah, but you had second. You didn't have to pick that one anyway. Top I thought scorers. it would be easier, and then as soon as it came to me, I was like, <laughs> "I'm thinking about the decade before." Yeah. So, uh, Mark, I'm looking for the Premier League's top ten scorers of the decade. From the Lutzens from 2010 to 2020, name me the top ten goal scorers. Go. Oh, well, Aguero's got to be in there. Aguero is number one with 173 goals. Um. <clears throat> In the decade, it's hard because some of them overlap. Like this is what I was, we were talking about earlier. I was like Rooney's peak wasn't uh, Premier League. So who would have been Chelsea's? I used to have drop earlier. Uh, this isn't actually that easy. It probably is if you look at it, but, but like I'm trying to think. More recently, who's Golden Boot with I don't know. But that's what I was thinking. Wait, stop coaching. No, but I can You've go lost, through the... Come on, you lost 7 0 in the I can go through round. the Golden Boot with I don't know, I'll I'm get like... with the other one. True. True. I'll go with Luis Suarez. Incorrect. Ooh, yeah. That's what I would have had. Incorrect. So I know Van Persie did really well in 13 and 12. So I'm going to go Van Persie. Van Persie is number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 with 98 goals. That's two. Just need one more. Do I gamble it or do I make Chris go for ten? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you've got no more lives? No, you got it wrong. I don't want to use my life from the last one. No, no, you have a new life every round. You you have, basically, you can get one wrong answer. Okay. Yeah, so... said Van Persie. I really want to... I'm going to bank it Mark's oh he's chickening out and banking it who would you have said I was thinking Rooney Wayne Rooney would be number 3 on the list with 114 goals in the last 10 years who else might you have said Chris Um, I would have gone for Mo Salah incorrect in second place England number 9 Harry Kane with 134 goals of course in fifth place was Romelu Lukaku with one goal oh, less Lukaku. than Rooney. You had Jamie Vardy with 96 goals. We've spoken about him loads today. Eden Hazard with 85. That's Gir- the problem. As soon as you lose your life. Giroud with 78. Raheem Sterling and Mane joint on 75. I thought Sterling. But yeah. Very I'm- good. Um, Chris, your final category. So you got two What's there. The so you're on nine. Your final category win it. was transfers, Chris. So this is all on this. Um, this will be the can you name combat. the top 10 most expensive transfers of the decade I'm just looking for the player don't yeah. need the total amount well, even the right, club so, so, yeah Alisson 
Uh, no. Oh, he's got. <laughs> this could be a great comeback if he, win, if he wins it from me. Hold on, wait, hold on. Top top ten. <laughs> how's that? Why? How's that correct? How much was Allison? He was heaps. <laughs> he clearly wasn't the most the top ten. Think about all the biggest transfers that have happened. Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba was number one at eighty-nine million pounds. Correct. You're on the scoreboard. Um, Find out how much Allison was for us. Sixty-six. Sure. That would put him on this list, but according to Opta, it's not That's, on this list. That is outrageous. That is outrageous, Listen, man. I'm only taking the list. I oh give him, my right? god! Just take just move sixty-six the million down. euros, though. That is because that, that might take him up. That would take him off the list. Virgil Van Dyke. Van Dyke is number four with seventy-five million. I'm angry. I'm fuming. I'm going to go for um, Pepe. Nicholas Pepe for seventy-two million is number five. Oh, gee, this is outrageous. I'm still. Oh, You're ridiculous. still in though. You're oh, lost fuck yet. you, man. Um, who's a really expensive Manchester City player? Um, it's weird though because Rodri was heaps wasn't he um, that's not my answer um, don't give anything away Dan. no I'm not looking at him uh, come on Chris come up with an answer real quick I didn't say Salah did I I don't want to either um, how can Alisson not be up there anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that just keep going you've got you haven't you're not out yet I know. And you've got to get seven others anyway. I know. I'm just trying to fill a bus until so I it's just Premier League. Something. Just Premier League. I'm going to go for... Oh, this is a bad one. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire was number two. £18 million. Pounds. Yeah. Why is that a bad one, Chris? Don't know why. <laughs> um, so you've already got top... You've got one, two, four and five. I've really only got to think of the last two seasons, isn't it? It's really odd. Yeah, basically. Um, no clues, Danny. No, there is no clues. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all in the last. <laughs> no, no, not, not necessarily. Come on. How much was Rodri again? Oh, and shit. Because Man City's got to have a super. Ex- we've gone over an hour now. Know, so oh, fuck that. We ain't got much left. <laughs> Everyone wants to listen to us talk and talk shit. Um, oh, how much have I got? Five. You've you've got four out of ten. Oh so far. Jesus Christ. You've got number one, two, four, and five. Okay. So there is somebody in between that. Uh, I'm going to go for... Um, Kepa was expensive, wasn't he? Let's go for Kepa. Fuck it. Correct. Kepa's number six at £71 million from Athletic Bilbao for Chelsea. Nice. Chris, get some halfway, halfway there. Yeah. I'm panicking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm panicking. It's, do- it's doable if you really think about Shut it. Shut up giving him clues every time. <laughs> like, like you know these players. They play for your team. <laughs> 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 Have you looked it up yet? No, I was trying to find where you got your quiz from. Ah. Um. Um. Not, can I, I give you a first name? Because I can't remember his surname. <laughs> yeah. Tangui. Are you going for Tangui and Dombele? Yeah. Unfortunately, he did not make oh. the list. He was fifty million pounds, oh. and the bottom of the list was sixty million. So, your list is jokes, anyway, man. Well, it, listen, it's based. It was from the BBC actually, and it was based on Opta stats. So. What can I tell you? Uh, the ones you missed in third place, seventy-five million pounds. Who went for seventy-five million pounds in twenty seventeen? He already got Van Dyke. Yeah. Oh. It was Romelu Lukaku. Did he to Manchester oh. United in eighth place? I'm thinking of Romelu. 
No, sorry, seventh place was Rodri. Yep. Atletico to Man City for 63 million. How much did we pay for Di Maria? Angel Di Maria was then in eighth place, 60 million. Riyad Mahrez from Leicester to City was also 60 million. And the final one was Alvaro Morata from Real Madrid to Chelsea for 60 million. I would never have got Morata. No. The other ones. You were close with the others, though. You'd said a few. Rodri, I said that. Unlucky, but Mark wins this 9-5. Oh, he made a game of it in the end. Just about did. I did I, I, it wasn't as embarrassing as the first bit. Well, the thing is, if I had carried on and got one wrong, I'd been on seven. Yeah, it would have been Leno would have been really chased. I'd have been panicking. Yeah. <laughs> Squeaky bum time. Even after getting 7 on the first round. Yeah, because I remember, isn't Alisson the most expensive goalkeeper in the Premier League? And then they no, got Kepa. And then they got Kepa, like a week after, or something like that. That yeah, was the Kepa whole thing. Kepa was way before Alisson. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Was they were really close though, wasn't they? Alisson was 2018. Are you sure? Yeah. 66.8 yeah. million, Alisson. Euros or pounds? Pounds. Mm. 75 million euro. According uh, to the I BBC. I feel like I've been well. Questionable. <laughs> questionable. I'll find, <laughs> I'll find the, uh, the thing. <clears throat> While you find that, I'm going to go to the results league. Mark, why don't you do that? Have you got it up? Uh, I don't. That's all right. I'll go through it. So we've been away for a couple of weeks. So that means we've just been doing it on messaging group. So I can't remember where we last left. We've got two games. We left on uh, the week, game week 16, so I've just updated 17 and 18. Wonderful. Let's just pretend we're up to date and just talk about the week just gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about we go through... Well, hold on a minute. No, because then I, I miss out on uh, talking about my great achievement of getting... Oh, so no, Mark, you got Brighton to beat Arsenal away 2-1. You got it spot on. You got four points. That's only, the, only the second time this season someone's got four points. So, well, that's probably why I backed Brighton so heavily this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then the week after that, I got Spurs to beat Burnley 3 0. I got the right result. It was 5 0. But I didn't get the right score. So that was one point. Yeah. But I had all. Southampton to beat Norwich 2 1, and I got the exact right score. Not that week. It was at home. That was the week before. Yeah, 15. Oh, we're going 15. I was Sorry, going I was just, 16. Just talking about the highlights, Chris. There we go. You did manage to get Liverpool to beat Watford, correct? At 2 0. Boom. Game Three points. Let's go, baby. I also got Burnley, which was the correct score. And uh, last week, Chris, you went for Sheffield United to beat Brighton 2-0. Yeah. You got a correct result. And it was a wave. And it was an away bonus. So two, two points point. for you. Mark did the opposite, so you got nothing. And I went for Leicester to beat Man City 3-2. And when Vardy scored... What an idiot! I was having a party. What an idiot. Choices for this week. We're going to do two weeks this week because we've got Boxing Day and then we've got the day after. So we won't be back until after the new year. Hopefully the first weekend. Yep. Three, third, fourth, something like that. Something like that. Um, do you know what, Mark? Have you got your results ready? No. I knew you didn't. That's why I went to you first. I've, you've got I'm yours joking. ready, isn't it? They're Mark's, they're already written in there. Mine's already written in. That's <laughs> what I thought you were joking. Yeah. <laughs> already put mine in. Go on. Go what's, on your, Mark. what's yours, Mark, for the next so two weeks? I'm going to have Arteta off to a winning start, but with quite a few problems so I think Arsenal's going to scrape an away win against Bournemouth 1-0 then the next game week I'm going to have Angelotti off to a flying start beating Newcastle away 2-0 right well so I um, I haven't yet chosen Aston Villa to lose having lost their talisman John McGinn I'm actually going to pick them to lose twice I'm going to pick Norwich to win away at Aston Villa Next week, this week it's coming. Pookie back. Pookie's back. Pookie party. And then the following week, I'm going to go for Watford to win at home against Aston Villa. I think they're in serious trouble without John McGinn. Very good. 
Um, so for next week, next game week's game, I'm going to go for Liverpool. Can you write this down for me, Dan? Yep. I'm going for Liverpool to beat Leicester City away from home, 3-1. He's picked a tough one there. 3-1? Yeah, well... Away from home? This is one of them wow. top, top level fixtures we were talking about. Danny's wasted his opportunities, hasn't he? I have. So, um... And game week 20, who are you going for? I'm going for another away fixture. Again, I'm going for Chelsea to beat Arsenal away 2-1. Ooh. I want to do 2-0, but come on. first home game. There you go. What's happened there? Why is Leicester? Oh, I spelled Leicester wrong. It's hard to spell. L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. Leicester. Oh, it's because I put the city. We haven't been using the word city. There you go. We're good. There we go. See, that's the right. kind of stuff that warns us so we don't have... That's some good spreadsheet <laughs> skills from Mark. Well done. Skills, well done. I mean, it should do both options, but there you go. Um, do you know what also happened this week? <clears throat> what? I got more points than both of you at Fantasy Football for the second week it, in a row. It was a Christmas miracle. Boom! So that means I get to make some changes. Unfortunately for us, I've got to take out one of Danny's dickheads who's <laughs> injured himself for three months. Oh, John McGinn. You dumb fuck. I also took him out recently. Well, yeah. yesterday. He got Gutted. taken out. So, Gutted. Thankfully, the week before, I put in Rico for uh, an expensive defender. So I've got some money in the bank. Nice. Who are we going for? So I'm taking out John McGinn, as I've said. Although Son just got a red card. He's in our team still. Uh, how much money have we got? If I take out John McGinn, it means that we've got a tasty 8.4 to spend. What if you take out Son? Oh, well, actually, hold on. Game week 19 is bench boost week. According to Mark, well, we're fucked either way. So because we've got Rico, who's not playing next game week, we've got Son, who's not playing next game week. Although we've got McGinn, we missed missed technically this game. Have you wild carded yet? No, we have to because it it cancels out. Otherwise, after game week nineteen, you can't use it. So you can remove players, but you have to autofill. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So you can remove as many as you want. Should autofill? I'm just asking. Don't get angry at me, Mark. But should I not also get to pick a player? Yes, you should pick at least pick one, one player sure. and then auto fill the rest. Yes, It'll allow that one. So, but do I take away the whole team and then pick one player? No, you take away whoever you want. I mean, pick one player, auto fill the rest. Take Son. Yeah. All right. So I'm taking out Son. I'm taking out. I'm not going to take it's bench boost next week, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it'll have to be both. the week after. Yeah. All right after. then. I'll keep Rico <clears> because <throat> he's only out for one game week. I'm taking out McGinn. Um, I'm also taking out uh, Ludstrom. Not jokes. I'm taking out Pickford. I'm taking out Kepa. Ooh. Um, Both keepers are going. I'm taking out Rashford. What? I'm taking out Mousset. Oh <laughs> Christ. All right. I'm taking out <laughs> everyone out <laughs> here. Except the two people <laughs> we brought in. Yeah. <laughs> keeping Vardy at least. I'm keeping Vardy. I'm keeping Mount, Cantwell, Zaha, Kelly, Pereira. I'm taking out Pereira. No, what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm joking. Alexander-Arnold. Keeping him. So now we can finally get a decent player in our squad. I'm putting in... Kevin De Bruyne, baby. Yeah. All right. Doing the same stuff. Come on, autofill. Do, do your best. <laughs> do Come your on. best. What have we got? We've got 32.8 million Go to on, cover one, two, three, four, five players. Let's see what we get. It's definitely going to put in the most expensive keepers, isn't it? It's stupid to get rid of both. Play wild card. Play. Uh, yeah. And, and now auto-pick. auto pick. Right. Who's Let's give our team. We've got. Any flags? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, just the one that I've kept. All right. Okay, right. who have we got? Do you know what? It's not that bad. Okay, right. let's see what we got. We go. Coming into the team at goalkeeper <laughs> is Crystal Palace's 
Quetta. Yeah, we'll take that. We've also got Newcastle's goalkeeper. Dubravka. Yeah. Take that, take that as well. Yeah. What all of our centre-backs were all the same, or defenders rather. So who does that leave us fine. with? Kelly, Lundstrom, Rico, Pereira and Alexander-Arnold? Yeah. Okay. Into midfield, Strong. with my pick of the De Bruyne, we've got Fleck. John Fleck? That's John not Fleck. a bad shot. At 4.9, he's been doing pretty well. That's oh, good. Yes. Yeah. And then up front, boys, I think this team's going to start beating us soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. We've got Pierre... Emrick Abamyang. Yeah. We've got Danny Ings. Oh, <laughs> Danny Ings. Made we it are screwed. One week late. We are screwed. They've got Chelsea and then they've got um, Crystal Palace and then they've got Spurs. Look, when you're that good, it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> if it's a hard game or not. Oh. That is in, boys. And that means I'm going to put in Coetta to start in goal against West Ham. It's very exciting. That was fun. Yeah, that was quite good. So I'm going to put Quetta in goal no, against West Ham. Did I? <laughs> you already said that. Oh, sorry. See, so we tried to make this smooth transition. Um, oh, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm putting a, putting some players in, doing some things. The boy is going to be my captain. There you go. Great. Great stuff. Finally, it's going to have a team that might be half decent and compete. Cool. Front three, back four? Uh, yeah, go on then. Do you know what? Sorry, I was just doing this, so I was going to say one of you should go first. But I'm ready now, actually. So I'll go first. Uh, in my front three this week is meat. Because uh, there was a vegan influencer, one of these big, massive YouTubers. Don't know what the kids do these days. But um, just for luck, she, one of her things is she tries different things. Um, so this one was she was going to spend 30 days eating meat. And in response to that, she says she's never felt healthier in years. Her name is um, Alice Parker. Uh, I don't know how old she is, so I won't say whether she's decent or not. Alice Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but she's on Instagram and she just tries all these different she's things. Decent. I had my fair share of health struggles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, Mark she's 94 just... years old. <laughs> <laughs> she was the first influencer. <laughs> oh, dearie me. But Raised yeah. in Boston as a composer. So she actually tried the carnivore diet, um, which is essentially you only allowed animal products and generally it's just like red meat, but she also had some milk and eggs, I think, as well. Um, and she tried that for 30 days. She's tried different experiments like 30 days without shampoos, not so decent. One year without deodorant. Oof. <laughs> 31 days of only fruit juice. Depends. Bet she had the pumps. Yeah, yeah. 30 days without social media. Smart. Healthy. Yeah, I'd be dead. Three years of not shaving, armpits, not wearing makeup, not using heat on her hair. Wow, was she French? Wow, that was uh, racist. racist. So she tried the carnivore diet. Protocol? What's our protocol? <laughs> well, everyone in the room, please avoid being racist. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, she was vegan for four and a half years and then ate some meat and then started feeling much better. Good. So there you go. Vegan, vegan is not the way forward. Have you seen that movie Game Changer? No. On uh, Netflix, it was kind of big because it was one of them vegan propaganda movies again. <laughs> I, know, but... I love how you think veganism is propaganda. No, not veganism is propaganda. <coughs> propaganda is propaganda. Okay. There you go. In my back four is um, hate crimes because a academic 
by the name of Dr. Sonia Flack said that calling people brain boxes and geeks to really smart people should be considered a hate crime. Make her right. Mm. She says insulting Gee. slurs about age, disability and religion and gender identity remain widespread. But people that are very smart and get called things like geek, brain, bog, uh, brain box, egghead, nerds, dweeb, uh, said it's bad. And so it's it the show eggheads. Propaganda and hey, 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 no, it's a it's a it's a it's a Nazi right wing uh, game show. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mastermind again, you know BBC yeah. is right wing, so there you go. Um, yeah, so if you go out calling people a smart ass, then you are being racially insensitive. I think that's what I've come up with. So I'm not smart enough to come up with these things. There you go. Cool. Um, I can't for the life of me remember my back four because I, I didn't write it down. But I have my front three, which sort of a mix of both just because it's brilliant. Look, Dan, look, it's very on-brand for you not to have both. Yeah, I'm, keep, I'm keeping up appearances. And Good. it'll be even more on-brand when you say this is football-related. This yeah. is and you're not, not brain, you're not a brain box. related geeks. Uh, so, did this, this was from about a week and a half ago, but obviously as we didn't have the pod, I've been saving this one up. Did any of you see like my thoughts. the banana taped to the wall yes. that was sold for $120,000? I did indeed. Uh, did you see that, Mark? Yeah. It was well, in Miami, you, right? Did, uh, yeah, and then did you see the guy who came in and ate the banana? If you say somebody's skin colour, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> no, 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 nothing to do with that. So the guy was a performance artist. Uh, so well, I would have loved that if he wasn't on his phone. Obviously, someone, spe- someone spent $120 million uh, or 1000 on on this uh, <laughs> banana taped to a wall. Turns out the guys, so they, they put it in an art gallery, and apparently the guy every couple of days would come in and change the banana because obviously it would go brown. It's a live banana. Anyway, so this guy comes in, big crowds everywhere, he walks over, and he just starts, he pulls it off the wall, unwrapped it, he just starts eating the banana in front of everyone. Everyone's like shocked, shouting, screaming, going crazy. He's just stood there eating the banana, going, Yeah, tastes quite good. Yeah, it's all right. And then walks off. One of the guys who works there runs over with another banana and some more duct tape and just sticks it to the wall, and you think, how on earth did someone pay $120,000 for that? What do I don't, I don't understand that. More I don't money than sense. Bit of inside news here. Apparently, it is all a bit of a promotion ploy. Ooh, so, is it? There you go. Oh, no, that'd be really a shame. Did you see what I really enjoyed, though, the best thing about it, which is the best of social media in the Twitter world, is people sticking vegetables to things with duct tape. It's <laughs> really good. Though. It, was, it was trending for a few days. People were like just getting like peppers... Or apples and just sticking them to walls to get in the buses. Yeah, I'll sell it to you for two pound. There's some really, really good memes, so it's worth checking that out. It's like was it in Amsterdam where is it Amsterdam? I don't know why I'm giving Amsterdam in New York, one or the other, but they were sticking top hats on pigeons. Oh, I haven't seen that. Mm. That's yeah, it's exactly the same. <laughs> Mark, all right. Uh... I've I've actually closed one of them, so I've only got my front three. Oh, oh you two such ridiculous. a danny. Yeah. I can't remember what my back four was. I can't either. I was thinking Just about going your history. Why don't you go in your, That's your what I was looking history? And it, oh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so my front three. Oh, no, no, that's my front three. So. <laughs> so, no, but it's Diego Maradona. So he's had a bit of a sort of intimate interview recently, and he was explaining about the time <laughs> he <laughs> was a. <laughs> At the time he was <coughs> abducted by aliens. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Please tell me you got the recording. Oh, I, I, I don't. Know. I've only got the quotes. Oh no! Oh so, no! 
He said, once after a few too many drinks, I was missing for three days. I got home and realised UFCs, uh, UFOs had taken me. So, uh, wow. Yeah, and well, it explains everything. Then, he's doesn't a it? sound guy as well. So uh, yeah, explains absolutely everything about his ability, his crazy eyes. Everything. I guess they wanted to work out like if he's the greatest footballer of all time. What makes him? Yeah, so what makes him tick? Makes complete sense. What to makes me. him tick? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was talking about something else. Where he does this, um, he does this interview, but I can't find it for the life of me. Oh no! Good. Well, this is great radio. Yep, terrible stuff indeed. Oh, this is it. Yep. So they're asking Diego, being here in Mexico, I guess that you have watched the MX League First Division more regularly. You observe uh, observed it more closely. I guess you already know a little bit about it. What do you think about the level? This is quite an old clip, isn't it? <laughs> I only heard it like a couple of months ago, I thought, like a month or so ago. I thought oh, it was that. Funny. Ah, oh, excellent. All right. Good stuff. So, we will be here till after Christmas and the New Year's. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Thank Christmas, you. Danny. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. New Year, Mark. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, Daddy. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year, Kylie Jenner. See you then. See you next year, Kylie. I was waiting for you to say Hanukkah or something to Danny. I was like, you still can't, we haven't finished. Yeah, happy Hanukkah.